0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. As of course, on this episode, we will be reviewing the Super Bowl in the first segment and discussing Minnesota Vikings news slash fan interaction in the second half. I will bring up the one Minnesota Vikings news, though, right here and now. I will just announce it very quickly and then get right into the Super Bowl. But I figure i got to start out the show with this. Minnesota Vikings quarterback, formerly back in the late 80s, and really well most of the 80s behind Tommy Kramer, and eventually he took over. Uh, Wade Wilson passed away on February the 1st at the age of 60. Uh, It has been known that he was fighting diabetes his entire life. So with the complications of that, uh, information did not come out, but more than likely that's what it was. Only 60 years old Wade Wilson uh, took the Minnesota Vikings on a very influential run in 1987. Minnesota Twins, of course, won the World Series at the end of October that year, a miracle run for a team that only won 85 games. They beat the best team in the league, the Detroit Tigers, in the ALCS. Because back then, you just went, you just won your division and go to the league championship and then the World Series, if you survive that seven-game series. The Twins beat Detroit, who had a, <laughs> 13 more wins than them, and then beat the St. Louis Cardinals, who had about 10, I believe, yes, 10 more wins than them in the World Series. So definitely a miracle run and literally... The Star Tribune said magic on it. Uh, Wade Wilson and the Minnesota Vikings, after coming off a strike-shortened season and re- replacement players and all that nonsense, a very good team, uh, better than their uh, record would show But they would have to go on the road. Minnesota Vikings said, hey, don't forget about us. <laughs> We're still here. And they went on an influential run with Wade Wilson at quarterback, defeating the New Orleans Saints in the first round, then defeating Joe Montana in the, at the time, two-time Super Bowl champion uh, San Francisco 49ers. They so would go on to win two more following this season, the '87 season. Uh, the Vikings just kicked the 49ers' butt. It was unbelievable. Uh, Vikings' defense is good. Wade Wilson was unbelievable. Definitely some wonderful memories from Wade Wilson. Uh, then went on to play for the Saints for a little while. The fans were kind of mean to him. Uh, he suffered an injury, and the fans were cheering. It was ridiculous. So... Well, it just reminds you what jackass Saints fans can be, and uh, no, I mean, that was sad. Uh, Wade Wilson looked on to be one of the most wonderful uh, guys that ever played for the Vikings. The media loved him, not because he's this media, you know, just this media wonk, or whatever he is, but his personality. He just treated people with class, treated people with respect, and of course, that awesome playoff run, we will never forget. Uh, if not for a dropped pass by Darren Nelson, which would have been a very, very difficult play to make. But it would have been spectacular. It would have tied the game up. It would not have given the Vikings the game, but it would have given the Vikings a chance to win the game. Maybe you win the coin toss and get a field goal and go to the Super Bowl. And the Minnesota Vikings most likely would have beaten the Denver Broncos in that game. So a lot like 2009, the Minnesota Vikings probably would have won the Super Bowl that season in 87. They probably would have won the Super Bowl in 75, if not for the push-off by Drew Pearson. And of course, Bounty Gate and Adrian and peterson fumbling a billion times, along with others, Percy Harvin and uh, the much, <laughs> much maligned uh, Bernard Berry and also fumbling along the way. Uh, if not, so three possible Super Bowl championships for the Vikings, where the Vikings never got to play an inferior opponent in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, who knows what would have happened, but I do believe the Vikings would have beaten the Denver Broncos in every <laughs> in those two Super Bowls, 75 and, 87. and then, of course, years later, the Minnesota Vikings' chances of beating the Indianapolis Colts in 2009 were pretty high. Oh, Wade Wilson. Yep. Fun, fun, influential run. Very enjoyable. It would have been cool to see Wade Wilson as say he would have been literally like our Nick Foles if the Minnesota Vikings did get to that Super Bowl. Quite a shame. I've hated the Washington Redskins ever since, and I don't blame anybody that does. Uh, I just, it sucks. It sucks being that close and you come and no cigar. But at the end of the day, life comes first, and God bless Wade Wilson. We will now give former quarterback number 11, Wade Wilson, a moment of silence. God bless Wade Wilson. With that said, we will now dive into the Super Bowl. And yes, this was uh, a spectacle for different reasons than last season. Last season, the title of the episode was Yards, Yards, and More Yards. Well, <laughs> up to a certain point, in fact, well into the fourth quarter, Julian Edelman, who would go on to be the most valuable player of the Super Bowl, which I could basically see coming a mile away, would have more yards than the uh, Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams in this uh, Super Bowl. The uh, final score was a similar record to the Los Angeles Rams in, say, the Minnesota Vikings last season. 13-3, and slash 13 to 3 The New England Patriots reminded us a bit of the uh, 1988 San Francisco 49ers in a low-scoring game, in a sense, where just the veteran quarterback got the job done against the uh, slightly better record uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals have not uh, won a playoff game since 1988. I've talked about that a bajillion times. A man that admired Joe Montana and was a gigantic San Francisco 49ers fan, always admired Joe Montana, always dreamed of one day being a quarterback of the 49ers or just a quarterback of a championship team one day now has a uh, ring for the next hand not the next not the thumb but the next hand now so he can put it on his uh, i guess he would put it on his ring finger i would hope or you have one on your middle finger one on your ring finger or your yeah your ring finger or your index finger whatever it is and stay away from the thumb cuz that looks kind of weird i guess but uh tom brady now has six super bowl championships the los angeles rams have never won the super bowl the st louis rams did so st louis A bastion of excellence when it comes to, uh, well, something. Not so much football, but it was a great season in 1999. Kurt Warner and the L.A. LA, Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams walloped the Minnesota Vikings in the second half after a very nice start by Jeff George and co. Chris Carter, Randy Moss, we all know, Robert Smith, and an offensive line that was legitimate for the Vikings back in those days. They just walloped the Vikings after uh, Tony Horn, Horn, not Tory Holt, Tony Horn, returned a uh, kickoff to pay dirt before the uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Rams offense. I keep calling them L.A. now. Now I'm getting so used to them being L.A. again. The St. Louis Rams offense could even get on the field, as great as that great show on turf was. Greatest show on turf, anyway. That team was also uh, 13-3, and and they pretty much steamrolled to a championship except for a very low-scoring Super Bowl. That was my fear that maybe somehow, some way, they would get it done with their defense in this game, particularly attacking tom brady but that offensive line got the job done and brady never once got strip sacked in the game he did get sacked but he didn't get strip sacked and i thought that was again at some point in this game there's got to be a big turnover that turns things around and there was because the los angeles rams were in position to score they were in the red zone for the uh in, in the fourth quarter and then came the big turnover but there i go jumping way ahead This game was the lowest scoring game ever in Super Bowl history, the lowest yardage and all that. So you go from the highest yards to the lowest. You go from a shootout with the Eagles and Patriots last year, a bend-but-don't-break defense that broke way too many times in the Super Bowl. A Philadelphia defense that was unbelievable, but Brady was so on fire, along with Julian Edelman and Gronk and others, that, uh, wow, the uh, defending champions at the time of their fifth Super Bowl title, the Patriots, wound up getting a Super Bowl record in yardage along with the Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Foles and Doug Peterson leading the way (laughs) in Philadelphia. An incredible game, but then it ended with a strip sack for Tom Brady, which had him literally just sitting flat on the ground and staring. Uh, That blank stare that you saw from uh, Sean McVay throughout most of the game. He could not believe his offense was stifled to the point it was. Now let's just pray to God we don't hear the nonsense the conspiracies of another Bill Belichick cheating deal, Bill Belichick stealing plays. I don't think that's what happened this time. I never got the feeling that that's what was going on. I never get the feeling that uh, <laughs> that the Rams felt that. I hope we don't have to hear about that again. I hope this uh, Bill Belichick defense proved itself once and for all in this game. Uh, last year, again, record yardage. This year, the opposite. It was basically like the Minnesota weather <laughs> in terms of offense. It was like record low weather, Like we had this past week in Minnesota. Now it's like 40 and muggy. And I'd take the cold, but not the 30 below. We'll take the... I'll take 20 to 18 above. Something like that. I love that when it's dry cold. Yes, I like dry cold. Go ahead and make fun of me for saying that. But I'll take that over wet cold that freezes. And then you slip and fall and get hurt. Or get in a car accident or something like that. It's not worth it. Why am I talking about that anyway? I don't know. It's just that this game wasn't the most fascinating thing you ever saw. But... um. Let's talk about a couple of angles here coming into this game. All of you that hate the New England Patriots so much, it's just eventually you have to let it go. You have to let it go. Six Super Bowls is crazy. They're now tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most championships in the Super Bowl era. That's insane. Um, Who would you rather celebrate? The Green Bay Packers or something? You know, the Curly Lambeau team? Would you rather celebrate them as the greatest team of all time? Curly Lambeau, Vince Lombardi, with their 11 championships in those days? Uh, Would you prefer that? Would you? Obviously, Green Bay has four Super Bowls, of course. Two in the Lombardi era. And, of course, uh, one for uh, Mr. Holmgren and one for Mr. McCarthy, who are both now gone from Green Bay. Would you rather celebrate them? Would you rather celebrate the New York Giants who beat us 41 Donut? Would you rather celebrate that team? who's got their four Super Bowls. They're way up there on the list now, too, because of the couple titles in the 80s. Bill Belichick, very familiar with them. Well, one in the 80s, one in 90. 90. we in 1990 over the Buffalo Bills. Again, similar to the Vikings in a sense of well, the Vikings should have won the game against Kansas City. They were favored by 18 points. And the Vikings were the last team to score in a game that finished 24-7. to 7. We were the last team to score in that game. So, do the simple math there. Uh, oh, boy. Same thing for Buffalo, though. They should have beaten the New York Giants, but they didn't, and it was a very low-scoring game despite the uh, Buffalo Bills offense being spectacular. The Giants' defense was spectacular. Bill Belichick, a great defensive coach. He was once a defensive coordinator, but let's sit down and remember who that defensive coordinator was for that 1990 and 86 team. Who was it? Who was it? It was Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not an offensive coach. He's a defensive coach. The Patriots won with their defense in and clutch offense, clutch play of their quarterback against the St. Louis Rams in 2001. A far superior team going into that game. <sighs> Go ahead and say that there was cheating, this and that. There may very well have been. Um, it is what it is, and it's so many years later now, and they've paid their they paid their dues. The Patriots have. They got their quote unquote karma. They've paid their dues. They've lost three Super Bowls. They lost a 16-0 and team. They lost it in, in the Super Bowl with a 16-0 and record. If that's not enough karma for you, I don't know what is. A 16-0 and team not winning the championship, it's unbelievable. Against a, what, where, where were they, 10-6 and New York Giants team? And then a couple years later, well, yeah, four or four, four years later, similar situation, a 9-7 and seven Giants team knocks them out. So, okay, take your karma. There it is. And then the hated Eagles beat the Patriots. I may have been one of the few times some of you guys that hate the Patriots so much cheered for them because you hated the Eagles even more after their fans treated us like garbage. But no, Bill Belichick's defense is what it's all about here. And again, let's put this into perspective as I slowly get to the point here about this. Because it's a bit, we're building up to a crescendo here in a sense. Okay, Sean McVay is looked on as the, well, the future of the NFL. the The nice... The nice up-and-coming, in, in his mid, in his low to mid thirties, offensive coach, the young millennial up and upstart. Let's go, let's get her done. And I have no problem with the guy. He's not arrogant like Sean Payton. He's 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 the good Sean, we'll say. He's the good Sean. But no, he's looked on as the guy, the the supreme, the guy. If you want to start a franchise and into the right direction and get your team to the Super Bowl, you want Sean McVay, right? And then you have the number one pick in the draft. In Jared Goff, you have the, it, it doesn't get better, right? And you build all this, this great defensive line, this and that. Things come together. It's a team that had a great record. And then on the other side, a team that gets, you know, it just seems like they continuously get kicked around because of things that happened years ago. The deflated footballs. I wonder how much of an advantage that truly gives you. And, and I mean, Shaquille O'Neal admitted he did that with basketballs years ago. Whatever. You know, it's not good. You don't have to agree with me. You might be unsubscribing to my show right now, even by saying this. But let's put this all into perspective once again. Once again. <laughs> Bill Belichick had some success in Cleveland, but basically was, you know, let go after a while. New York Jets end up trading him away for a draft pick. And then you have people like Jeff Dubay, who I love very much, of the PA and show, formerly, of course. Unfortunately, no longer on the air. Uh, Jeff Dupay, God bless him, um, basically said, You don't trade for Bill Belichick. You trade for whoever. You know, you, you trade for, uh, oh boy, <laughs> the Tony Dunges of the world. You trade for this guy, you trade for that guy. You do not trade for Bill Belichick, blah, blah, blah. What a joke. So, in a lot of ways, Bill Belichick looked on as quite the underdog, like he's lucky to have a job, so to speak, coming to New England. And then you have a six-round pick at quarterback. Again. Do you get where I'm do you get where I'm leading towards? Do you get where I'm leading towards here? Like, you know. And then six championships later, nine appearances later, countless uh <laughs> countless AFC Championship game appearances. It's just the number is astounding. I don't even know if I want to even get into that. It's insane. Basically every year <laughs> since well since 2011 it has been consecutive. Uh hard to believe they even lost in the second round one of those years, but uh well in 2010 they did. Did the Patriots they actually missed the playoffs once, but that's because Brady injured his ACL in the first game of the season back in 2008. That was very disappointing. Again, there's your bleeping karma, okay? Is there enough karma for you yet? Is that enough yet? Just like how a lot of you might feel about how the Saints got their karma now for uh, two years in a row the Minneapolis miracle and then, well, the uh <laughs> the, basically the cross check into the boards. <laughs> let's just, get off. let's just move on from that. Um but no, again, underdog uh, underdog coach goes on to win six Super Bowls. Sixth-round quarterback that was put on the practice squad as a rookie. Practice squad. And just, you know, you talk about how they, you're sick of the Patriots, you hate them, this and that, and then you have a team over there that is everything you'd want for a team. You know, everything you'd want. The glitzy, the glamour, the glitz, the glamour, the first-round pick, first overall pick in Jared Goff, the... If you could pick one coach, basically, to, to to get your franchise going to you know, while the windows open, the Super Bowl windows open, you want that guy over everybody, right? To, to run your team for the next 10 to 15 bleeping years. Hopefully they can be the next Patriots. And Sean McVeigh. And yet, there you go. This is what it's all about right here. This is what it's all about. That's what it's all about. A 6th round pick and a coach that, you know, at the end of the day, most people didn't want. But the Patriots took a chance. Mr. Bob Kraft took a chance. And again, look at this. It's just, it's amazing when you sit down and think about that, that scenario. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like me. You can kick me out of your life, whatever it is. But it was a fascinating uh, part of the story. It, It truly is when you sit down and think about that and analyze the truth here about the whole situation. Uh, continued truth here though how could you not have picked the Patriots to win this game as good as the Rams were earlier in the season did you not see the change in this team basically ever since the Chicago Bears game on the road okay they're on the road but they got absolutely obliterated and Jared Goff just was like invisible in fact he was downright terrible in that game did you not see it did you not see the change in this Rams team since then The Saints beat them pretty handily as well. Again, a road game. Okay, I get it. But still, still, the Rams didn't look good in games against, well, teams that really had veteran players, good players, this and that. The Bears didn't even have veteran players. They have another Sean McVay, basically, over there on on, on their sidelines. And God bless him. Mr. Nagy over there. He's a little bit slightly older version, but still, same type of thing. Wacky. Smart tricky, this and that, comes up, just comes up with some wild stuff, but luckily for the Patriots, they have a guy who also knows what he's doing as an offensive coordinator, he's not a good head coach, we we know about that with, with Denver, Mr. Josh McDaniels, but still. Did you not see, though, that this Rams team was not their 13-3, 15-1 self, so to speak, for an extended period? Luckily for them, they showed up to play against the Dallas Cowboys, but the Dallas Cowboys... Weren't that good, though. No, they they really weren't. They got past the Seattle team. They were at home, this and that, and they had a good game against the Seattle Seahawks, a team that's not that great. Did you not also see the way... Well, obviously the Saints were greatly outplaying the L.A. Rams, and then there were some chances. Zerkhoff showed some strength. He showed some toughness, and he made some big plays. But then again, there's that whole play near the end of the game where the Saints more than likely would have been in the Super Bowl. I don't think the Saints would have beaten the Patriots either, because clearly they were becoming more of an inferior team after they ran into the Dallas Cowboys. So again, you put that together. After the Saints ran into the Dallas Cowboys and basically got shut out in the game, just like the Rams were basically shut out by the uh, (coughs) Chicago Bears, I didn't think either one of these teams was going to beat the Patriots if, if, if uh, if it all came together. The way the Patriots absolutely manhandled the San Diego Chargers, the way they absolutely manhandled... The uh, Kansas City Chiefs until very, very late in the game, and Edelman gave them hope for a minute there with a couple of awful plays. One of them, luckily, did not go against Edelman, luckily. But that bouncing ball, boy, stay the bleep away Uh, from from a bouncing ball. I mean, the New York Giants, I mean, excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers learned the hard way years ago in that fateful uh, 2011 NFC title game. Stay away from the bleeping ball when it's bouncing around like that. Stop trying to be Ozzie Smith. Just stay away from the ball, okay? Please. But uh, luckily, Julian Edelman would more than make up for it by being far and away the MVP of the Super Bowl, at least on the offensive side. Uh, Hightower deserves some recognition, I'm sure, and many other uh, Patriot defenders throughout the game. Too bad that Mr. Chung, another injury, this time an arm, probably a broken bone in his arm, most likely, as he would get injured late in the first half. Mr. Patrick Chung in their great first half, so valuable, and it didn't help that he got hurt last year in a game that there was like a bajillion yards everywhere. But uh, Gilmore, spectacular in the game. He deserved recognition for the MVP. Obviously, Donta Hightower deserved recognition. Kyle Van Noy was spectacular throughout the game. Uh, Hightower was just unbelievable pressuring on uh, Mr. Goff in the game. It was uh, quite, quite a great effort. Uh, McCourty had a huge play, also knocking away a potential touchdown pass to Woods, which would have hurt because Woods is the uh, former Patriot. There's former, there were former yeah, Patriots on the Eagles last year, and it's just, it just goes on and on. But additions of Sony Michael really were a big part of, I keep calling him Michael, Sony Michelle were a big part of the uh, New England Patriots' success this year because, well, you know, LeBron James is getting a little older in the NBA. So what does he do in a lot of cases? He walks. He doesn't jog, he doesn't run, he walks in a lot of cases when it's unnecessary to run. He preserves his energy, and that's why he's able to play an extended amount of minutes and not get hurt until Christmas Day this past year. Unfortunately for him, but generally speaking, the guy's ageless, just like Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, he's getting older, but then you get a nice running back in the draft, and you still have Mr. Uh, White, and then Burkhead was just huge in the game, getting key first downs that led to the Patriots' victory, running the clock down and putting the uh, the Rams in a position that they were pretty much screwed late in the game. Uh, Burkhead and Sony Michel... James White, surprisingly, not nearly as much of a factor in the game, but uh, he was covered very well by this L.A. Rams defense as both teams in the past. I mean, you think, okay, Tom Brady. When you think of the Patriots, you think of Tom Brady. You don't think about the defense, despite the fact that's Bill Belichick's calling card. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time, and that's a fact. Uh, That's how they won Super Bowls in the past, those close games. And they almost beat beat his former club, the Giants, twice, but they didn't, damn it. (laughs) Which is funny. Uh, shut down those Carolina Panthers with that halfway decent offense back in uh, 2003, shut down a better offense in 2004 with the Philadelphia Eagles, though of course Mr. Uh, McNabb kind of choked and peed down his leg in that game in a big way, along with throwing up in the huddle, which is nasty and weird. Um, But no, I mean Bill Belichick's identity really showed up in this game and Tom Brady was clutch when it mattered. It, It literally was these two guys getting the job done again with great help from Gronk. Uh, Edelman, spectacular, who deserved the MVP. Sonny Michel, huge first downs getting uh, given along the way. But again, when you render Jared Goff basically useless and Sean McVay, I have no idea what's going on with him and Todd Gurley. I have no idea what's going on with him and Todd Gurley. The strangest thing I've ever seen. Um, same situation with the Rams. Like CJ Anderson is like the running back of the Rams. And it was the weirdest thing you ever saw. He's okay, but he, he's just okay. I mean, he was better with the Broncos a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Um, he's just okay, though. Uh, Todd Gurley luckily did get ten rushes, so he got to double digits in the game, including a sixteen-yard little scamper. But generally speaking, again, Todd Gurley rendered useless throughout the game in a game that was what three to three, three to nothing for the longest time. But um, you knew the Rams were in trouble when they couldn't score a single point in the first half. It's just that the problem was the Patriots only had one field goal and uh, Godskoves he missed one and it was shocking. The the Patriots could have easily been up twenty to nothing in this game, a la Kansas City Chiefs. And if they were, that's pretty much it. Uh, you could just feel the final score of this game probably would have been twenty four, twenty seven, something like that. Twenty twenty three to three, something like that. Twenty seven to three, very easily. If the Patriots would have executed on a couple plays, but similar with the Rams, dropped open passes. And just spectacular defensive plays—guys getting hands in there at the last minute, knocking the ball away on both sides of the uh, both sides here, say uh, uh, Los Angeles and New England. Um, back and forth, spectacular defenses here. Wade Phillips obviously living up to what he's always been. Uh, they say this was his third Super Bowl appearance in Wade Phillips' case, but wasn't he on all those Buffalo teams back in the day? Wasn't he though? I'm pretty sure he was, I still, I remember seeing that same face on the sidelines way back in the early 90s with the Buffalo Bills, so I don't know about that, uh, obviously he was the head coach of the Cowboys during a couple of successful seasons as well, the poor guy, uh, and he was the head coach of the, uh, the poor guy, the way he was let go so quickly, um, uh, also head coach of the Buffalo Bills for an extended period as well after Marv Levy uh, stepped down and retired and all that and moved on, um, but now Wade Phillips' defense, spectacular in the game. Bill Belichick's defense, along with his coordinator, spectacular. Definitely a Mike Zimmer type of effort. In fact, you could argue this was better. This was better. Because who, who I mean, this same, Ram, this same Rams team gotten a huge shootout with the Minnesota Vikings earlier in the season. But just simply not the case here. Um, big clutch plays and all that. Clutch defensive play by Mr. 24, of course, of the uh, (laughs) Stephen Gilmore of the New England Patriots, that big clutch defensive play. He knocked away three passes in the game. The guy was unbelievable. He got burned like once. And of course, yes, a very costly penalty as well. A holding penalty which was just not necessary. It was so stupid. It would have been fourth down and the Rams would be kicking, but no, that just wasn't the case. And also another statistic that is unbelievable is the Rams had to punt on their first eight possessions in the game, which again tells you if Jared Goff is struggling that much, I think the Rams are sunk. And that's basically was my feeling for the longest time in this game, despite the fact the Bleep and Patriots were having a hard time getting anywhere as well. Because <laughs> that Rams defense really showed up to play. But Bill Belichick's defense just a little bit better. Then you got the deep pass to Gronk. And then you kind of knew, there it was. There it was, finally. The Patriots were going to pull away in the game. And they kind of sort of did. As Tony Mitchell immediately after that carried that momentum right in the end zone. Put the Patriots up. Gatkowski then later on would nail the field goal after Sony Michel and uh, Burkhead would get their opportunities, getting those huge first downs, running the clock down more and more, and had the Rams in a situation with no timeouts, down by 10. That was pretty much all she wrote. Gatkowski made that kick by the skin of his teeth. Okay, if that makes any sense. By the skin of the ball, literally. Whew, he almost missed that one. I mean, it reeked of Gary Anderson right there, where it was just a little bit off, but it was off from the get-go. And then Mr. (laughs) the super kicker. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was hard to believe. uh, Greg the leg. I mean, he missed one by a mile at the end of the game, which would have put the Rams within seven. And then you hoped for a squid kick and all that and get a recovery and a miracle play. But I don't know. There just wasn't enough time for that to even happen at the end of the day. Greg Zerline, I don't know if he was just kind of at a point like, whatever, you know. But unfortunately, that missed kick pretty much put the end of the game. And it did. As the clock ran out, all Brady had to do was kneel. But again, generally speaking, a frustrating game if you like offense, a frustrating game if you wanted either side to win because you just, okay, there it is. Get this first down. Knocked away again. There's a big play. Knocked away again. Knocked away again. Knocked away again. Knocked away. Have to punt. Knocked away. Have to punt. Knocked away. Have to punt. Knocked away. away. The pass was knocked away. The pass was knocked away. The whole bleeping game, there was no room for anybody. Uh, Hogan, again, it was hard to believe that Tom Brady had an interception on the first passing play of the game after a great start with Sonny Michel running that ball and doing a spectacular job early on. It's like you knew the Patriots' chances in this game were really high, and then you saw that happen. After the Rams, of course, deferred the toss, you saw frickin' Hogan who was awful in this game, I thought. He just could not get any separation, and he couldn't get his hands on the ball the whole bleepin' game. And it uh, he, he was similar in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs game. Targeted six bleepin' times. Hogan couldn't do anything. Again, credit the Rams' defense. But still, this was it was a horrible game for Chris Hogan. Um, but, yep, b- batted away, knocked off his helmet, basically, which I think, again, that's on Hogan partially. It wasn't a good pass by Brady. I thought was very off in a lot of the game here, unfortunately. Uh, Hogan, again, it was batted up in the air and intercepted on the first passing play of the game, and you thought, oh boy. But then again, the Patriots defense did what it did throughout the entire game, just like they did to uh, Mr... <laughs> I mean, it, again, if you can stop Patrick Mahomes, I think you can stop Jared Goff. As good as Jared Goff is, Patrick Mahomes is probably better, and a hell of a job done. If, if you can do it in Arrowhead, you should be able to do it in a, uh, you know... <laughs> in a, uh, well, neutral, (laughs) a neutral location here. That's basically all it was. I mean, Atlanta, Georgia, who, whatever. There's going to be, I mean, they're pretty far away from LA and uh, Boston. So it was actually a little bit closer to Boston, slightly, but not much. Still a long drive or long flight for anybody in that case. Hard to believe. Tough, tough game to watch for some people. Uh, Brady underthrew so many passes in this game. It's like you think, oh boy, he is getting old. He really should retire after this game. A lot of his underthrows, though, there's a reason. There's a reason. Would you rather underthrow it or overthrow it? Because what happens when he overthrows it? <laughs> the Rams were going to get an interception on every single one of those plays or at least have a legitimate shot at one. And in some cases, it was a, it would be an easy pick six in a lot of cases where, yes, it's an incomplete pass. Yes, they have to punt. But what would you rather do? Would you rather punt the ball or see the Rams celebrating in the end zone after a pick six play that just kills you? Absolutely kills you. So there's a method to the madness. Some of those plays were just badly underthrown, and it was just, you know, the ball just came out wrong, so to speak, and some of those attempted screen passes, the jailbreak screens, the bubble screens, whatever it was, uh, general screen passes to the running back, or even to uh, Edelman and Hogan, those quick little plays that were badly underthrown on occasion. I keep calling him Michael. It's Michelle. (laughs) James White as well. The ball just was a grounder. But, um, see, those were not intentionally underthrown, but a lot of those other plays, they were. And it's like, okay, if the guy catches the ball on his knees slash shoelaces, whatever, great. But it's better that it's an incomplete pass than a pick-six going the other way because the Rams defender was right there, and he was right there every time. And that's why this game was 13-2-3 because it was a spectacularly <laughs> coached defensive game on both sides of the ball. I mean, Wade Phillips kept the Patriots to 13 points That's incredible. After what the Patriots did last year, after what the Patriots did to the Atlanta Falcons the year before, after what the Patriots did to one of the best defenses in NFL history with the the Legion of Boom uh, the year before that, or, well, two years before it anyway, against the Seattle Seahawks. Unbelievable. I mean, Tom Brady threw for over 400 yards against the Seattle Seahawks. You don't think that's good? It's unbelievable. Again, I mean, some great screenplays, this and that, great setups by Josh McDaniels, this and that. It is what it is. The yards were there and the accuracy was there and he made big plays because not everything had to be a short screen pass where you had to hope to get the right blocks to get the plays done where it's like it's not really so much the quarterback, it's the uh, the scheming and the uh, the blocking. But again, that's why it's called a team sport. That's why it's called the ultimate team sport because you know these guys can only play on one side of the ball and without somebody blocking in front... No running back's ever going to get the rushing record of, of any type. All these great running backs over the over the years were never going to have the success they had if they didn't have good blockers in front of them. Plain and simple. Total team sport. Complete team sport in the NFL. <sighs> Accuracy does count from your quarterback as well. Neither quarterback was particularly accurate in this game, but Brady was better, particularly down the stretch. Uh, no game was too big for this guy, and that's why he is far and away the greatest of all time. Like him or not. The funny part is he's coming back. (laughs) So I was right about predicting the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I was wrong about him retiring. Unless there's some surprise that's going to come up in a week or two where he just says, you know what? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, nobody's ever going to catch me. Why do I even worry about it? But no, he loves the the opportunity to continue to compete to win because he doesn't want it to end. I don't blame anybody for not wanting it to end. You just hope it doesn't end abruptly in, in a very harsh way. Via injury or just a horrible uh, end of your career, where certain guys they just can't throw the damn ball anymore, and it's just uh, it's just is what it is. You, you you can't sense pressure like you did before. You can't get away quick enough, but uh, that's why Tom Brady was successful because he's still able to get rid of the ball in the right amount of time that he was not strip sacked like he was last year against the Philadelphia Eagles. Just strip sacked uh, Case Keenum two weeks before that, much to our chagrin, and that opened the floodgates for those Eagles to fly eagle. Why? Uh, why am I ending the segment on that note? Uh, stupid. Well, let's not end the segment on that note. Just an on purpose here. Uh, Sonny Michel, again, five and a half yards. Rex Burkhead had those big plays. Julian Edelman, let's just mention what he did in the game. 141 yards on 12 targets. Again, Chris Hogan was targeted six times and did not make a single play. Cordero Patterson was adequate at best, but good for him. uh. I'll get to that real quick. The other detail about Cordero Patterson and the Patriots. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Rob Gronkowski, though, 87 yards, just like his number, including that big 29-yard play that set up the Patriots for the game-winning score. Great play, great, unbelievable accuracy by Brady, who struggled the entire game against this Rams defense and, again, was off for quite a bit in that first half, but then had the big play to Gronkowski and was clutch when it mattered most, and that's where it matters. One annoying thing, though. we got to bring this up. Remember when the Vikings traded in the draft and they gave up a lot of picks and all that to get Cordero Patterson? Do you remember who they traded with to get Cordero Patterson in the first place? Yeah, they traded with the Patriots. So doesn't that just figure he's back on the Patriots now, officially as a player, for the first time, and he got a ring already with them? (laughs) It just figures, doesn't it? Oh, man. It totally figures. But that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, well... Ah, well, it's not like he was the MVP or anything. But it just figures. With that said, it was a... Well, (laughs) it wasn't a fun game, per se, if you like offense. But at least it was decent. I'll finally close on this note. I have nothing against the L.A. Rams. Nothing against the L.A. Rams. I don't really like Ndamukong Sue very much. Darnold is aggressive, whatever. But I have nothing against them. And I would not mind to see the Patriots... Or, excuse me, the L.A. Rams... Winning a Super Bowl at some point in the not too distant future, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, it's funny how, for at least for one night, the Rams and the Chiefs are not the future of football yet. At least for one night, (laughs) at least for one night, they got to wait at least another year before they could get to that uh, point where you could say that's the future of football. I'm glad there's still a little bit of old school left in the sport because there needs to be some old school left in everything. There has to be. You can't just wipe out old school and just say move on. Sometimes there's got to be a little bit of old school left, as long as it's not consuming everything and you're just stuck in it forever you don't want to be like that but at the same time you can't kill it completely either because i think that's that's not good it's not healthy for anything in any walk of life um i'd be very happy to see the kansas city chiefs in the super bowl at some point in the not too distant future and i do believe they will get their chance again nothing against john mcveigh at all i felt a little bit bad for him i felt bad for golf and i hope they do get another chance for their sake i hope they get another chance With that said, let's get to Fan Interaction and wrap this 2018 season up for good. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, which will be the final segment of this episode, Fan Interaction. Let's get to the Twitter account right away, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account, want to thank Malcolm McSween out of Southern California, not LA, but in the middle there a little bit, and Vince Germano out of Australia, who happens to be a LA fan, Uh, LA Lakers particularly, I'm guessing he was on the Rams side, in fact, I'm pretty sure when I was congratulating the Patriots on my uh, regular Facebook page, uh, not the Purple Mafia one, but on the regular Facebook page, uh, Vince Germano simply said no. <laughs> nope. So that's okay, though. Thank you guys for retweeting the most recent episode. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you uh, very much for that. Tony Romo, by the way, was awesome, wasn't he? Wasn't he good? Wasn't Tony Romo a good color commentator? He was good in the AFC title game. He was good in the Super Bowl. That guy, uh, he's the best, isn't he? That, that is about as good as it gets. Uh, no Interactions on Twitter, unfortunately, but I do encourage you to follow it at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you so much for those of you that may have already. Those of you that have, anyway. So, before I get to the Facebook page, I'm going to give a shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, Trevor Wickerin the founder of that page. Thank him very much indeed for allowing me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. And I'm more than happy to give him a shout out and encourage my listeners to join. As many of you have, believe it or not. Yes, you have indeed. And that's always a good thing. Thank you uh, for that. In-game threads, Vikings Conversation, Vikings News, great page. And again, encourage you for that. Please do join the Purple Mafia Facebook page. That would be greatly appreciated. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Or just look up Purple Mafia Show in the uh, the search bar. Very simple. Find it, join it, and please interact. It's greatly appreciated. So, a comment on the last episode. For some reason, I had it scrolled all the way up already. A couple of them. Episode 287, the conference review and Super Bowl 53 preview. A few of you liked that. Thank you again. Mark Carlson out of Iowa, Purple Mafia, Hall of Famer says I loved the call ins very classy. And I did too. Gerald String and of course Madmar. Thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. And I'm loving these little flurries popping around out there right now. I'm sorry. I will take flurries over frickin' mist that ends up being freezing mist any day of the week. I'll take flurries over it. Flurries are harmless. I do not want the bleeping freezing rain, freezing mist. It does us no good. Zero. In fact it gives me a bleeping headache. That's why my first segment I may have seemed a little bit disoriented. There was so much to get to But it's nasty, and I feel tired because of the stupid mist. But now the mist is gone over the last few minutes, uh, graciously. Just watching things change right before my eyes, right? Mark Carlson continues, says, What wild game Sunday? This podcast will be just as wild, I'm sure. Thanks, Joey. And thank you very much, Mark Carlson. Thank you again very much for that. And those games were crazy. As for the Super Bowl, it was wild in its own way, I guess. Uh, Nobody could get a first down in the bleeping game for the longest time, especially the Rams. So then I posted this. I'm just making it all about me because I'm selfish and I only care about myself, right? No, not really. But once in a while, you got to acknowledge the fact that uh, it's been 11 bleeping years since I started. And this was on the 28th of January. The very, few, the very first podcast I did, I previewed the upcoming Super Bowl with the uh, Patriots and the New York Giants. This was not the second one. This was the first one. That's how long it's been. 11 years. 2008. January 2008, January 28th, 2008, and I was 28 years old at the time, so it was my quote-unquote bold golden birthday when you come into this. Oh, I previewed that game, and I was like, how did the Giants do it? What an amazing run. They beat the Packers. Wow. And this is after the Vikings blew them out in the regular season. And remember how the Patriots and Giants played a very close high-scoring game in that uh, season finale, and the Patriots just squeezed past them to get that 16-0 record. And then it was a very, 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 very low-scoring game in the Super Bowl and the Giants won. Stupid Tyree helmet crap, but yeah, I didn't enjoy that fact, but I was happy for the Giants because it was a hell, and I mean hell of an accomplishment. It was spectacular. Gerald String out of Nebraska, also a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says, congrats, Joey. Still the best Vikings podcast out there. Great knowledge of the game and history, and yes, history is my thing. History is kind of my thing. If I really sit down and just analyze history... I, I I guess that's kind of my gift when it comes to doing this. Wish the NFL was all year long. Already look for, looking forward to the draft and free agency and the Purple Mafia podcast that go along with that. Keep up the great work, Cole. Thank you so much, Gerald. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, Congratulations, my friend. You've done an exceptional job giving us the lowdown on all things Vikings. Keep up the good work and I'll keep listening. And yes, Dave Hickey is a surefire Hall of Famer as well. He's not officially in, but, oh, the plaque is the plaque is already ready. It's just kind of needs to be announced. That's all. The plaque's sitting right over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Leland, also out of Iowa, says, congrats. Thank you so much. Brent Jacobson says, uh, yep, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer says, keep up the good work with Purple Mafia, buddy. Brent Jacobson out of the Lakeville area. Mark Carlson, one more time here, showing the Field of Dreams store. Oh, I love that place. Oh, It's no longer at Ridgedale because nothing's at Ridgedale. What's, what's that Ridgedale now? Just a bunch of swanky clothes, mostly just ah, uh, come on, you know I'm not even going to get any further into it, I'm going to get myself in trouble probably but I'm not a fan right now And it's nice to look at the place go for a walk, that's about it, there's not a whole lot left, you know what I'm saying, uh, there, there's Goldie's Locker Room that's my favorite place, that's it You know, no more KB Toys. That's been decades since that's been gone. And all the other interesting places. And yes, as an adult, I would still go to KB Toys and buy things. I would. And I don't mean just little kid toys. I mean hobby toys. Hobby toys that 40-year-olds can buy. Because I'm turning 40 in six months. Mark Carlson says, we got to celebrate. Without this podcast, I would not have met so many other great fans and had the opportunity to hear so many different opinions about our team and this game. Because of this podcast, I have expanded my knowledge in so many ways. Gold star to you, Paladino Joey, for all the effort in every podcast. goal, And a gold star right back at you, and that beautiful Hall of Fame black as well. (laughs) And yes, it's imaginary. I wish I had real stuff like that, but you get the idea, though. It's it's the thought that counts, right? And yes, you are absolutely a Hall of Famer, and thank you so much. It's been uh, 11 years, and it's been unbelievable, and to think that my... uh, podcasting career started with previewing a Super Bowl, so the Super Bowl will always be special, it's like an anniversary every year leading up into the Super Bowl every year it's like it's been another year of podcasting yet another year of podcasting and then I posted from DFWCBSLocal.com former Cowboys quarterback slash assistant coach and Viking quarterback and uh, um, he was a Cowboy near the end of his career and then the Raiders, I still remember like 1999, it's like Wade Wilson Wow, he was like a third stringer with the Raiders. He played for Mr. Uh, Gruden. That's crazy. That's how long ago it's been, man. And and Gruden's not a particularly young guy anymore. But that was when Gruden was the Sean McVay. Remember? Do you remember John Gruden being Sean McVay? I do. I remember it very well. Those flakes are getting a little thicker out there, and that's 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 cool. I I like snow, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean Wade Wilson. Um, not so much acknowledgements, just more as like sad faces and such. Mark Carlson says, what? He couldn't believe it. Yeah, and it's, it was quick. It's just one of those things, you know. Ah, man, sad, very sad. Um, The thread, not the craziest thing ever. Because I know everybody's like, hey, this is a Vikings show, or I only care about the Vikings, and that's fine. I don't blame you for that, but... I like the Hartford Whalers guy though, the guy that was kind of helping people get things going. I called him a cameraman. I don't think he was the cameraman though, just more of an assistant out there helping with the ESP on there. Hartford Whalers hat. Hartford Whalers hat. I love it. You know, the little whale with the do- the W with the whale tail. The Hartford Whalers, the team that moved to North Carolina be- to become the Carolina Panthers. Why did I just call them that? The Carolina Hurricanes of the uh, NHL. Man. <laughs> Yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes have cool logos, cool colors and everything, especially their jerseys right now. They're awesome, but Hartford Whalers, oh, I'm tearing up a little bit. Eric Mustard has a gorilla yawning, like, yeah, this is a great game, Joey. Great game. (laughs) Yep, nobody's scoring. Mark Carlson uh, shouting out to a couple people there. Jay Mason, Chase Carlson, Eric Sandvin. Here we go. Joey Wygen, let's have a great game. And yep, Mark Carlson couldn't believe it was a 3-0 and uh, three to zero game in the fourth quarter, just about. And that's basically what would happen. He was saying, are the Rams stupid? 3rd and 22 and run for a loss. And run for a loss. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Um, there was a play that was bang, bang, very quick. I thought it was helmet to helmet. And I don't know. It turns out they're like the guy didn't even have a chance to move. I get that. I mean, <clears throat> I've heard of that in the NBA for sure. But a lot of times when you hear these, you got to let the guy change direction for like a half a second. Like he can't, like like right when he touches the ball, literally the guy gets smothered. I can see the call in that sense because it's really easy to get a concussion in that moment. Really easy because it's just herky-jerk, just like that. I mean, the guy can't even have a chance to brace himself for a half second. I mean, a half second right as the guy caught the ball. It was Thumper Thumperville. Uh, Mark Carlson disagreed to the call. He says, No, the refs are wrong. That was not a correct call. Good God. Let's get some refs. Even the replacing refs couldn't be this bad. That was a call, I believe, when uh, Michael was hit. I keep calling him Michael. Michelle. I am getting annoyed. Sony. Michelle for crying out loud. Sony. Michelle. Merry Christmas. Je- uh, Yankee Jong out of Brooklyn Center says, I would want the Rams to win, but of course I had a feeling Pats would take it. Yes. Eric Mustard at the beginning there said, go not Patriots. <laughs> Mark Carlson says, go ahead, miss that field goal. That was when Stephen uh, Kowski missed that one, Gotzkowski. Eric Mustard says, next, can you order me up a million dollars? So, yeah, I, I could use a million dollars too. Yeah, anybody that thinks I'm doing well financially. <laughs> well, uh, let's just all join the club on that one. I don't think anybody's doing that great. Unless you're really lucky. So, welcome to the uh, welcome to the world, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, 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 yep. That's what happens when the Federal Reserve basically dilutes the value of the dollar for a hundred and uh how many years now? Hundred and well, this would make it hundred and six when now they're in twenty nineteen. Nineteen thirteen. Blame the Federal Reserve. They have diluted that dollar for a hundred plus years now. Dilution. Dilution, folks, dilution. Just imagine you put a little bit of soap in a tiny little cup. There's gonna be a very thick amount of soap in there, right? Well dilution, of course, is when yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it gets, uh, yeah, you you know what dilution is. Imagine putting that same little drop of soap in something as big as Lake Minnetonka. Not going to have the same effect as it would in a a little cup here, like my little coffee cup. Listen to this sound. Yep, the soap I would be tasting in this cup would have been insane. I would have been spitting it all over the place. In Lake Minnetonka, you wouldn't even notice it. You wouldn't even notice it. So, yeah. <laughs> with that said, yeah, it is uh, is what it is. That's what the Federal Reserve has done forever, and that's why we're uh, suffering. There I go with my little uh, end-of-the-show strange commentary. <clears throat> I hope all of you had a great season. Now, oh, 2018 is now over. You know what that means? That means the next episode of Pro Mafia, in the next couple weeks here, it could be sooner than you think. It could be a little while I need to do some more retrospective-type shows, though, talking about history. Maybe get into Wade Wilson, get into Dennis Green, get into <clears throat> Jerry Burns, man. I hardly ever talk about Jerry Burns. I, I almost never do. One of the most entertaining people of all time. Hopefully he doesn't pass away, and then I have to talk about him for that reason. I'd rather talk about him while he's still living, too. That would be much better. Uh, and Bud Grant, as well. It would be very cool. Very cool. Unfortunately, I wasn't really around as much for the Bud Grant era, but I was around for the Jerry Burns era, Dennis Green, Mike Tyson, blah, 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 I could talk to you, tell you almost every game since then, pretty much since 92 on, I could pretty much discuss every season like it's, you know, yesterday, because that's the kind of memory I have, it's a little crazy, especially when I'm interested in the topic, my memory is like psychotically good, Um, but no, uh, I gotta get to that, State of the Vikings will be the next episode, so... Get your thoughts together. I'm going to post a thread here in the next couple of minutes, probably right as the show ends. Maybe right after the episode would be wise, because I point it, or yeah, after I post about the new episode, then I'll post it up there. Maybe later today, early tomorrow, if I can get it up there as soon as possible, it'd be better to get more and more commentary on it. Your 2018 Minnesota Vikings, most valuable player, your biggest disappointment, and your biggest surprise. You can name more than just a player. I prefer it's a player or coach per se. You, you, yes, you can have a coach. I generally prefer player, this and that, and of course I'll announce mine and then I'll get to all of yours coming in. I'll probably have a list like I have the other years, like a top five, maybe a top ten at certain positions, like uh this and that, and of course, it'll be, like, interchangeable, like, okay, this guy was the ninth most valuable player on the team, that doesn't mean he's the ninth best player, when he maybe should be the second best player, this and that, I'm just kind of listing him off as my official version of the MVP, though, yeah, certain guys will be further ahead than others, this and that, doesn't mean he's, that That doesn't mean he's an inferior player, it just means how the impact during the course of the season and how valuable this guy was, including disappointment and biggest surprise, I'll at least have a top five or that, but I'll probably have a ten, for the MVP leading up to the, uh, the the two finalists at the end of the day. I already know who is going to win what. <laughs> it is what it is. Including the Gold Star of the Year, Bronze Star, Silver Star of the Year, this and that. Let's get to the Gold Star of this episode. It's got to be Mark Carlson with with a bullet. Mark Carlson gets it for this show. Gold Star of this podcast, this particular episode. Uh, miss some of you out there. Brett McCarthy. I, 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 yep, I, mean, I know he'd prefer to talk about the Vikings. I know most of you would prefer that. Hope I didn't piss him off. Hope he doesn't uh, hate me for ripping Kirk Cousins a little bit. Well, with Gary Kubiak taking over the offense, uh, not officially taking over, but helping Kevin Stefanski out, getting rid of the ball, setting up these good screen plays, it's going to make a difference. It is, and that's what's been talking about in this town, and yes, it makes perfect sense. It sets up Kirk Cousins in a more positive way. John Filippo left him out to dry. And don't I won't be surprised if a lot of you mentioned John Di Filippo in your biggest disappointment one way or another. Uh, or the quarterback. One way or another. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a list of, of people like that on the offensive side of the ball, I'm sure. Not so much on the defensive side this season, though maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. Um it's going to be a different offense next year. I expect a very successful season for the Minnesota Vikings next year, and that's one thing to very th- think about uh, Think about very positively going into the of the Vikings 2019. We will put a bow on 2018, pass out the awards, and look forward to 2019 in the free agency and the draft, which I cannot wait for. I cannot wait to add some guards finally. Did I mention we need some guards? Right, right, Gerald String out of Nebraska? Yep, he is going to get the silver star for this episode, by the way. The bronze star is going to go to Dave Hickey (laughs) without a doubt. uh, Awesome. Back and forth there. Love you guys. Uh, Not necessarily back and forth with me, but awesome back and forth with anybody on here during the course of the season. I can't thank you guys enough. But uh, those are the uh, awards for this particular episode. The awards for the season, I'm not 100% sure who it's going to be yet, but we'll get to that. The uh, Vikings Awards, all Minnesota Viking players, coaches, whatever. That's all pretty much Pretty much in stone at this point. Pretty much. With that said, though, I encourage you to to, uh, join that thread, list your award winners, and give a brief uh, explanation as to why, even though it might be obvious. But let's let's hear your reason. Let's hear your opinion. I want to hear the energy of what you have to say. With that said, I wish all of you a great couple weeks here. Stay warm. It's going to get cold again up here in the Upper Midwest. Uh, Dave Martin, obviously. In the Northern Scotland, I'm sure it was cold there as well. Uh, polar Vortex can can stretch all over the place. I'm not sure if it really got there, but I'm sure it has gone there on multiple occasions in the past. Dave Martin in the Northern Scotland area. <clears throat> James Beck in the UK. God bless you guys. Vince Germano, I do believe listens to this show also from Australia. Oh, yep. Tenne uh, Brown out of New Zealand. Oh, so many of you guys. So many of you. Oh, Leland out of Iowa. Mark Carlson. Dave Hickey. Iowa is a beautiful place, isn't it? And I want to go there again, and I want to see you guys. I want to meet you guys. I've been so locked into my job, 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 job when it's not exactly been the most rewarding job ever. I should be doing a little better financially for how dedicated I am to my bleeping job, but uh, well, I'm dedicated to this one too. Uh, I like this one more. It's more It's more fun. I wish this was my main job. That'd be better. Maybe uh, help me out, guys, if you know someone that could Give me there. That'd be great. (laughs) With that said, take care, and we will talk to you in a few weeks.